Hi, everybody. I'm Antoinette, and I'm from um, Tallahassee, Florida. And to qualify, I've been away since 1987, and I've lost over 100 pounds three times because the first two times didn't stick because I graduated myself right out of the program at the fourth step. Um, I have had a weight loss now for the last 19 years. 135 pounds have been lifted from me. Yes, as you know, I just don't have it in me anymore to do it again. And I'm hoping that this time it sticks. And the way I went through it is by following directions. I didn't have this, this amazing hammer come down on me and everything got lifted. I had to do it tragically, the old, oh, the old slow way of getting educational about it, reading the book, big book, having a sponsor, et cetera. But just to let you know that um, in my family, the currency of love was weight. When my father would call me, he'd say, have you lost any weight yet? Or when I'd meet him at the airport to go visit, or he'd come visit me, he'd hold me and he'd say, hold me hello and say, I've gotten a little thick. I started my first diet when I was 16 and I was 125 pounds. I remember that because my father told me that I needed to lose weight. All I want you to know that is through program that I've gotten a new freedom. And the freedom is to be able to forgive my dad and to have taken care of him during COVID where he died with me. And I remember in the hospital room as he was dying, he looked at me from across the room and he said, honey, you're skinny. I mean, that's like the magic compliment you can get in our family, right? And I said, daddy, I, I've been skinny for 15 years. So it was really interesting. And I said to him, am I pretty? You know, you're, when a girl calls her father, daddy, there's a lot of other issues there. And he said to me, no, honey, you're not pretty on the outside, but you're very pretty on the inside. So he spoke his truth, right? And I thought, oh my God, why am I even asking him? He's a crazy um, uh, drug addict and I'm a crazy compulsive overeater. It's one crazy talking to another. Antoinette, you don't have to hold any stock in what he says because I'm married to a normie who thinks that, who wonders where all the cookies have gone, right? So the, the long and the short of it is that I want to talk to you about my own experience. I have had a sponsor for the same sponsor for the last, since I came back to the United States in 2000. And I think I came back in 2003, found a sponsor by 2004. She was going to be in on this meeting, but she's not feeling well. And I have to tell you that from her, I have learned so much because the wisdom that is everywhere is not within me. And the reason for that is because food for me is not the issue. Food is the symptom of my inner hatred for myself. It's the food that I turn when I don't want to feel. It's like food puts a plug right into that jug, for lack of a better word, though I'm not in the beverage program. It puts a plug in the jug and I can't feel anymore. It's just so wonderful. But at some point it stopped working for me. I, I, I it just, it, the food mood wouldn't come to me. I would eat until I passed out. When I woke up, I didn't feel any better. And as you know, that downward spiral of eating to get away from the feelings and then eating more to get away from the food and the despair and the self-hatred. I worked really hard to get to 245 pounds. I'm really a small woman. I'm like five foot two. And I remember in the height of my 30s when I was really big, I remember feeling like I lost my femininity. 
And then I felt I lost my humanity and I felt like I was invisible. It's like people's eyes would glaze over me. And it's probably my own projection, but I needed my fat. I really did. And in my 33-year-old marriage, every time my husband would go away for business, I'd be smaller. I remember one time meeting him at the airport and he said, whose thighs are you sitting on anyway? So it was just during the last 12 years of program with my sponsor and program and my abstinence and being free of the food for a very long time, I worked through my marriage and got a sane divorce. And I found a partner, a husband who has been good to me and he doesn't have to be a daddy. He doesn't have to be a caretaker. And I don't have to be a flaming child who had adult privileges and acted like a baby because that was our um, currency. So he gets to be a daddy and have control and I get to be a child and be taken care of, recreated my childhood. OAS helped me not just break from the food, the food being the symptom, working the steps, having a sponsor. And I know in the 12 steps, it mentions the word God or reference to a higher power or God five or six times. But it isn't God per se. It is just knowing that I am powerless over everything. I'm powerless over the fact that I've had cancer. I'm powerless over the fact of how other people choose to act or feel. I'm powerless over the weather. I'm powerless over how fast my nail grows. I am just powerless. And in that powerlessness, I have found true freedom because I don't need to have control over anything. All I need is to work my own side of the street. I finally feel that I'm like a fish. And because I am an addict, I like to go from extreme to extreme, hurt my fin on one side of the brook, hurt my fin on the other side of the brook, when all I need to do is swim in the sparkling middle. Middle is very difficult for me because as an addict, I like the highs, I like the lows. When I can't handle those feelings, I eat away to a middle, but it has never been sparkling middle until I learn to feel my feelings, until I learn to claim myself. And I use all the tools of the program. Having a food plan sounds easy, but for me it wasn't because I knew how to eat or not eat. I didn't know how to sit in the middle of the food. I have to tell you now, I have neutrality, not just neutrality over the food, but neutrality over the feelings that were so insane that just knocked me over back into the food. And that's what the program has given me. And the F word in the program is fear and freedom. It's just, for me, it's fear and freedom. And that self-hatred has been lifted. And the me, myself, and I that sit in my head that I used to give free rent, as they say in program, who used to say terrible things to me, your failure, uh, your fate, so go get another degree that still doesn't make you real. It, it told me a lot of terrible things. Now they actually say things like, good job, Antoinette. Way to go, Antoinette. Hey, when I'm five minutes till, give me time warning. So I want to tell you that one of the most helpful things have been the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I go to a 12 and 12 study. And the reason why it's so important to me is that the 12 steps, each one of the steps have a principle behind it. Like step one is about honesty. Step two is about hope. Step three is about faith. And it continues. 
and the, the 12 traditions, each of those have a principle too. Uh, tradition one is about unity, tradition two about trust, etc. There's an old saying that says, the 12 steps keep me from killing myself and the 12 traditions keep me from murdering others. And that is the truth. It really is. It, it's like a guidebook of sorts. And the word God is not scary for me anymore. I have to say that I am a recovering Catholic. I don't understand, but it's so true. Either they're practicing it to get it right or recovering from the insanity of it all, right? So I really adhere to nothing other than I know I have a higher power. My sponsor said, nobody gets out of this alive without a higher power. You know, I don't know what my sponsor's religion is. I don't know what her political leanings are. She's been my sponsor since 2004. All I know is we talk about higher power and how I am powerless and how she is powerless and remind ourselves we're crazy talking to crazy. But when she says one cannot get out of this alive without a higher power, it means I cannot do it on my own strength. The higher power may be the group, the higher power may be nature, the higher power may be anything that is a hot. When I was sick with cancer, my higher power was the doctor. And I trusted him, you see. And that's why I do a lot of two-way communication not only with my sponsor, but with my higher power. I have found that to have trust in someone, you need to spend time with them. And to spend time with them is I talk to my sponsor, I listen to my sponsor, and I always do a two-way consciousness in the morning. I talk to what I believe is my pow higher power, that it is none of anyone's business. And then you know what I do? I wait in silence. Most of the time, what I do is I start writing and I start writing. And the first thing I write is my precious child. Whatever I had asked for or talked about, I write what my higher power who wants the best for me would say. I had a sponsee who had a tough time with her food and higher power. And my sponsor said, tell her her higher power can be a person who she considers her best friend. Imagine or real, someone who wants only good for her, someone who is always in her corner or his corner, someone who is loving and full of life and supportive without any type of condemnation, condemnation or judgment. That, and talk to that person in her head, because we need more than us to get out of this alive. And alive means spiritually alive. And that's the beauty of the program. The, the bigger my insides got, the smaller my body got. That has happened three times. This time, it's been um, 19 years. And I couldn't have done it without a power greater than myself. It's not a religious thing. It's, it's, it's not anything I can call upon. It's just that I need something bigger than me because my craziness brought me to this result. And if I want to continue to be crazy, it's just a circle for me. A lot of my friends, the higher power is the group. The higher power may be the universe. It may be something more traditional. It is meaningless except to that person. Um, and the best way to do it for me is that two-way dialogue where I write and say, I am totally desperate about this situation or I don't know what to do. And I start with my dear precious child. I will tell you, that contact is so important for me. Um, I do want to tell you that life is not without pain. And the OA promises, and I know you read it here in the book, 
is my first time to um, this, um, this meeting, so I don't know how you feel about the big book, but it really is for me a really good guide. And if you've never heard the OA promises, it says, if we're, it's on page 83 in all the books, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll, I'm going to say I, I will be amazed before I'm halfway through. I'm going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I will comprehend the word serenity and I will know peace. No matter how far down the scale I have gone, I will see how my experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. I will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in other people. Self-seeking will slip away. My whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave me. I will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle me. I will suddenly realize that a higher power is doing for me what I could not do for myself. Now that economic insecurity, it doesn't mean I'll get rich. It just means I won't be fearful. That's right. You see me wearing any rings? No, but I'm not scared. That's the whole thing. The F word becomes freedom. And I have found not happiness all the time. I have deep joy in me. The joy that's deep and consistent because I feel peace and most of the time serenity and neutrality that I have the ability to pause for a cause and not be reactive, that I will act upon life as opposed to react. And that's what program has told me. That's what program has showed me. I want you to know that these aren't my words, but this whole week I was talking to my higher power, my sponsor saying, give me words of wisdom. And as they came down, I wrote it in my book of wisdom because, you know, I have a great forgetter, obviously. It says, I don't know who said this, but it was so beautiful. It said, woe to you who arrive to heaven dry eyed. Be close to your pain and the pain of others. Because what that means is to, to know that that sorrow creates and carves a space inside me. The sorrow is deep and it creates a hole. And the reason it's there is so that when that sorrow is lifted, there's a space for joy to fill it. And that's what this has done for me. Give me one, one minute reminder. I want you to tell, let you know that my life is a table and it has four strong legs. One is emotional. One is physical, how I feed this animal, that's my body. One is intellectual, except none of the, uh, none of the tools say use your intellect. It's the, it's the analysis paralysis, but indeed it is one of our strong legs. And the last one is spiritual. It has nothing to do with religion. It's about finding that deeper sense of you than just a human animal I live in. Finding a connection and a purpose beyond this everyday life of eating and sleeping and pooping and peeing and scratching. OA is like brushing my teeth. I can't do it yesterday and feel like I don't need to do it today. That's self-delusional. I do it every day in every way. And all I want is for you to also feel it. And they say, come to five meetings. So including this one, it's six. There's a saying that says, come to six meetings and if it doesn't work for you, we'll gladly refund the misery. And that's what I'm not anymore. I'm not miserable. And joy is in me because I know that I am just a grain of sand on this beach, but
but all together we make the beach. Not one brain can do it. It's all of us. And that's what OA is about. Am I on time? Yep. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>